TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Opening of the NFL football camps, including our beloved Chicago Bears. The Cubs were off yesterday. One could argue the Cubs have been off for most of the season. White Sox with yet another win. Yesterday, I got even more discouraged, David Olson, with the youngsters in America. The 12 and under group in their fitness levels. I will explain that. But a very discouraging experience I had. And everybody in Chicago is very excited because the Hawk Convention is this week. I'm sorry, this weekend. And I'm sure everybody's thrilled and excited to get down to the Grand Ballroom at Chicago's beautiful Hilton Hotel. It's a John McDonough production, Coach. You know it's going to be something fantastic. Where did that voice come from? We haven't heard that voice for a couple of days. Ladies and gentlemen, two guys at a mic talk zone.com. Thanks for joining us. Beautiful Friday. I'm not sure if that was a tape or if it was a live voice, but it could be. Back after a two-day hiatus. I'm not even sure what a hiatus is. Hopefully it's something legal we can say on the air. It is the big dog. Joe Rodwanski, live or tape? No, I'm definitely on tape, Coach. How can we be sure? Uh, it's Memorex. Oh, you said you're on tape. Yes, I'm on ah, tape Interesting, right now. interesting. So we got to do a show. I have to, like, anticipate your answers. <laughs> Very. That, that could be pretty, you know? I could have like a script of what you said, and then I could cater the questions to you. It'd be the first time ever, you know, one host talking live to another host who has taped his responses. It could be scintillating radio. Uh, I think I saw that on Good Morning Vietnam when uh, <laughs> when uh, Cornhower would ever interview Nixon. That was a great, great scene, if you remember the one I'm talking about. I sort of do. An underrated movie, by the way. Two Robin oh, Williams fantastic. movies. I think, uh, and I think you're going to disagree with me on number two. Good Morning Vietnam, very underrated, as was, what was the doctor movie where he poured, I thought, I, I, he Patch poured, Adams. Thank you. I thought Patch Adams, which was written off as just a, you know, another little, excellent, excellent movie. But I was, apparently was the only one. Well, I don't think uh, Good Morning Vietnam is considered underrated. I think that's kind of considered one of his best films. Okay. Well, I would have to say so. After seeing it the other day, Dave, yeah, they, yeah there's no way that but could be underrated. One could argue when you're talking about Robin Williams' best films, that's like saying, you know, you're the best checkers player in Canada. Well, no, I'm no, not no, sure. no, 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 no. Give the guy some credit. I mean, you know, he, has, he hasn't made a good film in over a decade, or at least... We're talking about RV? You didn't like RV? Uh, R- <laughs> yeah, RV. <laughs> RV was a classic. But, Tre- uh, but you Tremendous. Know, but, uh, well, I, actually, I take that back. Um, he did a movie three or four years ago called uh, One Hour Photo, okay, which was fantastic. It was oh, it's it, the one with De Niro, right? I'm trying to remember if it was De Niro that was in that too. But he plays the guy that does your picture. Yeah, he starts stalking somebody, isn't it? What the, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. And he was yeah, he was stalking a family. And, oh, I, I mean, he, and he was, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was a serious role, but I mean, he was, he was just a, like the right amount of creepy in it. It was very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. All right. But, you know, going back, you got to remember, like, he's had a very, very long career. 
You Dead know, Poet um, Society is phenomenal. Yeah, Dead Poet Society is one of my favorite movies. Excellent movie. Yeah. His stand-up routines used to be hilarious, albeit slightly dark. You remember Big Dog on our old radio show we used to play? It was hard to find clean clips. Our producer, Swamp Rat Aran, was extremely scared uh, playing them, but there was some hilarious stuff. But his stand-up routines of late, the one that most recently showed on HBO, I mean, I watched 10 Minutes, turned it off. He used to be hilarious. Yeah, well, it was it, it, his shtick got old, and he, and well, he, and he, rely, and he relies it, on the same... His shtick got bad. I mean, you know, he could throw some of the same stick at me, and I think mm-hmm. I'd still laugh, you know, in a little different twist. I think it it may got old, but it also got bad and just not funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, he'd do the same thing over and over again for 20 mm-hmm. years, and it just, I mean, it's yeah. He works funny. blue. Big Dog, unlike you, uh, he works extremely blue. You, I think you could do stand-up comedy knowing you, but you could clearly do a family show. At least I think so. No, I, I hate to tell you, Coach, whenever I start thinking about what I would do in stand up, mm-hmm. I hate to tell you it would uh I'd probably would it would have to be like twenty one and older, not even eighteen. Really? We'd have to figure out even a younger version of it. Uh-huh. I'm shocked because we're here you know, here we are, we do a nice sports talk show. America's number one family sports show is as long as you don't have a family, but uh yeah. so in in the stand up genre, you would be for adults only. Uh, yeah, yeah, Coach. I, I, my humor is definitely a little bit off base. Not even off beat, <laughs> off base. <laughs> yeah, so, well, yeah, my humor is off base too, but I can gear it to the uh, eighteen and under crowd. Yeah, you can be off base over eighteen, or you can be off base under eighteen. Anyhow, it's great to have you back, Pig. Don't worry, you've been the last couple of days. We missed uh, you. Well, I've been I've been basically doing something every single morning, but you know, today I actually needed to to sleep in. Okay, Coach, when I tell you this story, David Olson, when I said, you're not going to believe me, but yesterday, riding the bike home, Uh-oh. I ran into Joel again. And if anybody was listening to that show, there's actually a guy that lives in Aurora. And I'm not trying to make fun of anybody, but this is the honest to God truth. The man is like, he's legitimately a savant. He's like the type of guy who, uh, you know, I ask him a trivia question and he'll get it right. It just takes him. He, he has a stuttering problem. Okay. And I'm not kidding about this. So if you ask him like a, a trivia question, he'll answer it like a half hour later. You can still have a you have to have a conversation with him, but you have to remember the stuff that he spurts out was something that you asked him like a half hour earlier. So I was riding my bike and I I ran into him. So he ended up he's like, come on, let's go back. I'll cook you dinner at my house. So I went back and had dinner with Joel. He looks exactly like me. Something tells me that we were separated at birth, coach. Wow. He, still, he doesn't have internet access, so he can't listen to the show. Uh-huh. I was trying to tell him, I, you know, he's a diehard Cub fan. He loves check topics. You know, the, we legitimately had about uh, about 50 different topics that were on the table for discussion. It just took him a while to answer all the questions. Well, it's, it's very uh, difficult having a conversation with this guy. Sounds like the match that you've been looking for for so long and always wanted to meet. It's too bad he's uh, of the male variety. This is true. This is true. And since he looks like me, he's not attractive. No, that's what I'm talking about. against him. If you could get past that, it sounds like the two of you could live uh, happily ever after. Well, uh, yeah, we would have to move out. Of, he, he lives in the trailer home, Coach. So, and it's, I didn't realize how close hey. this trailer this trailer Love. park to our house. Love has no I'm boundaries. I'm thinking about buying tornado insurance. That thing's right down the street. I had no idea it was over there. <laughs> Oh, goodness. It doesn't matter. If two people are in love, Big Dog, you can get by that. Love, indeed, has no boundaries. You know what, Coach? I've been called harsh, callous. As a, as a matter of fact, I've been called a lot of things in my life. But <laughs> uh, 
I, I don't know if I can be that much in love with a man in order to okay. cross that bridge. All okay. Right. That just seems that's one bridge that these feet will not walk upon. <laughs> the two of you have so much in common, I thought I'd take a shot at it. But, you know, you never know. Maybe maybe after to maybe it just needs to simmer a little bit. But uh, interesting. And, and his name of the same spelled the same as you, I'm assuming. Yes, yes. How, how, how else would you spell Joel? He's Irish, Polish. It's, it's a little weird, Coach. Mm-hmm. Definitely a different last name. All right. So. Well, have him call in. Maybe we can get him to co-host the show. He might be able to do it better than you. and uh, or, or maybe the two of you could do it, and it could be the two Joel show. Uh, you know, I'm not making fun of him now, but if we're, if we were going to have him on the show, we'd have to have him on a half hour early. Oh, well, the responses take a little bit of time. Yeah, to, and, uh, and I'm not making fun of him here. Uh-huh. This is true. Okay. Because, like, he blurts stuff out. I'm like, oh, yeah, I asked him that question, like, a while ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have to remember what he was talking about, and then the follow, then the follow up questions start coming, and then then it really starts getting confusing. Coach. <laughs> All right, big deal. Yesterday, we uh, some of the people were checking in. Where is Joel? We did a little daily quandary on where could Joel be the leading. I think the leading boat getter at eighteen percent was the women's pairs figure skating qualifiers in Butte, Montana. But I'm going to guess that was not correct. Trust me, Coach, I call it Butt Montana. Take it easy. uh, Whenever the figure skating competition is there. Take it easy. Family sports show here, Big Dog. I realize this. Second, so are those 18% were wrong. Second, checking in at 13%. I was one of these 13%. We were guessing that you were uh, at the physicals, at the Chicago Bear training camp, getting, uh, as you like to do, a little bit too up close and personal on the physicals for the Bear players. Uh, Men in shorts, Coach. That's the last day you get to see him in their shorts when it's when it's acceptable. Well, you see, if you go in for the physicals, you get to see men without shorts. Well, that's that makes me feel a little yeah. uncomfortable too, especially when you're a guy like me with a hernia. Yeah, yeah, I'm not <laughs> big on the hernia check. Coach. By the way, the last doctor uh, I think back in nine no, it was 2002 was the last doctor who ever told the Bear Center Olin Crutes to uh, bend over and turn and cough. Now the doctors after that big dog just simply pass that part of the physical with Bear Center. Olin Krutz, who, as you know, um, has a bit of an anger management situation. Yeah, now they take the chance of the malpractice, like something coming yep. back and haunting them. So yep. They just take the chance now. They don't really care anymore. Yeah, they just take a look at the backside, have them cough a little bit upright, and now you're all good to go, my friend. <laughs> yeah, the, the turn and cough quote, not good for me, Coach. No, and it's apparently not good for Roland Krutz either. But uh, you got to be excited. We'll talk a little football to kick off the show. The Bears uh, opening up training camp. Most of the NFL teams kick it off this weekend. Another couple of weeks we'll be playing always exciting NFL exhibition football. We can get into the usual ad nauseum arguments about should exhibition season be two weeks, four weeks. But the bottom line is you got to be excited. Your favorite sport, football, is no longer on the horizon. It is here, my friend. Uh, coach, and... You know, as a diehard Illinois fan, diehard Chicago Bear fan, I'm really happy that uh, I think the Bears are going to be really good this year. Yep. Other than that, the only thing I have to look forward for the University of Illinois is going to Wrigley Field and watching them play Northwestern at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but honestly, I'm not just saying the Bears are going to be good because I'm a Bears fan. You know how I am. I'm brutally honest about my team, and if they're bad, I, I, I get angry before the year, and I mm-hmm. don't. But this roster is so much better than last year, and all the moves made a lot of sense. I just Hopefully, them adding Mike Tice as the offensive line coach yep. is enough for them not adding any new offensive linemen because their offensive line last year was abysmal. 
Hopefully Tice can coach him up. We had two kids in here the last couple of days. If you add up their age collectively, I don't think they equal you, by the way, and that's not so much an insult to you. We had two young kids in, but their consensus was the same. They think this is going to be one of the best Bears teams in recent years. And not only the players, but the coaching staff. Guys like Mike Tice, who can help motivate the team a little bit, which has been a problem in the past. Rod Marinelli taking over the defense. Obviously the biggest change. Mike Martz, O-coordinator. So you got some new players returning veterans, and let us not forget, Brian Urlacher missed the entire season last. He got injured in game one, right? Yeah, he he was like second series of the season. Yeah. So, and, you know, he, he saw... Stupid, but they forced two turnovers with him on the field. Okay? That's what people forget. But it's so. it's almost like picking up a new player. He's almost an afterthought, but we get back, hopefully, for a full season, and hopefully... The Brian Urlacher of old, but uh, I think we we tend to write that off too much. What he could add, if in fact it's the Urlacher of old, and uh, I think everybody feels your optimism. This could be, you know, great year for the Chicago Bears. You don't want to peak it up too early. You don't want to get overly excited, but optimism uh, fairly rampant here on day one of training camp. And if Jay Cutler, uh, if the defense is good enough with and with Pisa, Tino Isamoa coming back, and uh, the addition of uh, Chris Harris and the in the secondary, and if you know Charles Tillman can stay healthy, you know Jay Cutler won't have to try to win the football game with every single throw that he makes next year, so he can take care of the freaking football. And I think uh, I'm just really excited, Coach. And hopefully, we'll have a running back that isn't playing all season with a with a, a torn knee ligament. I mean, think about that, Matt Forte. Got a big fan in me for not missing any games. All of a sudden, you throw Chester Taylor in there. The wide receiver should be a lot better. Yep. Uh, Mike Marks has promised to use Greg Olson, the tight end, a lot in this particular system. Because mm-hmm. normally he doesn't use the tight end a lot. I mean, things are looking up, Coach. The only thing that really bothers me, the one thing that doesn't make any sense about their roster from last year to this year is why Alex Brown is not on it. Would agree. I that don't know if that was a money it. deal or what, but uh, from my eyes, Alex Brown clearly... The last couple of years, outplayed counterpart Marcus Anderson. Uh, he pl- outplayed uh, the Prince Adewale Agulia. He 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 was their best defensive end the last couple of years, and I would have no. He would be their sec- second best defensive end right now, and he'd mm-hmm. be a perfect complement over there to the playmakers Julius Peppers. But hey, it's been been a bit of a problem with previous Bear coaches, and I think it's a problem with Lovey Smith and his crew. Now maybe with Marinelli and Martz, but uh, player evaluation. Very simply, player evaluation. It's as if the fans can see it, and Lovey Smith and some of his coaching staff can't. And maybe Alex Brown was a case of that, Big Dog, but uh, that's been a problem over the Lovey Smith six-year career. Absolutely. The year that they got rid of Chris Harris, and yep. they, I, I, won't even, I don't even want to mention his name, but Adam Archuleta. To actually cut Chris Harris, who has a, his rookie year in, in 06, well, 05, 06, was those years. He made play after play, and all of a sudden they're like, well, we're going to get in a guy that knows the defense. Well, you got a guy that was playing fine, and you cut him. To bring in a guy that was totally washed up and over the hill. There's been many, many different uh, like issues like that mm-hmm. with the Chicago Bears during the Lovey Smith issue. Yeah, they're, all, they're, they're big on the athletes and the guys that can run. I remember Hunter Hillemeyer. Now, maybe his best years are beyond him. I like the fact this year that Hillemeyer is a, like our fifth linebacker. Yeah. That's a good thing because he's still pretty good. But I remember Hunter Hillemeyer at first had trouble getting on the field. Every time he did, he made plays. He was in the right spot, but it was the faster, quicker, more athletic guys who were always out of position and couldn't tackle that played ahead of him. It took a long time for Hunter Hillemeyer to work his way into the starting lineup. Just an example 
of some lax player evaluation on the part of Lovey Smith and crew. Yeah, exactly right, Coach. They've had some really good linebackers over the last couple of years, and they've had a lot of injuries. So, you know, Jamar Williams is always on the field. Jamar Williams is a track athlete, Coach. The guy can run like the wind. The problem is he's a linebacker. The first and most important thing you need to do is tackle. Yeah. You know, so. he, ru- he runs like the wind, and then uh, when he tries to tackle, that's about all he ends out with. Yeah, he would run right past people all the time, and you know, so that's I'm I'm all about that, coach. Mm-hmm. Find out find out the guys who can block and tackle and make plays. The fastest one of those. Make that's, plays. That's, that's what it's about. Make them plays. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight, folks. Uh, I uh, apologize. I don't even think we put our phone number out uh, yet. Big Dog and the Coach with you right up until 11 o'clock, opening up with some football. Got some baseball talk. Also, uh, some interesting things happening with the Chicago Blackhawks. We got an NBA player, tragically, shot and killed. Want to talk about that. And I do have a discouraging note on the fitness of the youth of America. Big Dog will bring that up later. But uh, all that and more, we can pack it in in one hour. David Olson, of course, our uh, producer today, TV movie critic and a critic of our show, too, Big Dog. You should be here after the shows. David Olson basically sits around and basically criticizes about typically 48 out of the 54 minutes we do. You know, Coach, that's why I, I do it out of my own studios here. Because Very smart. I actually do the show wearing rose-colored glasses. Yes. And when it gets done, I'm always like, that was yep. the best show I've ever done in my yeah. entire life. I'm going to keep it that way. Yeah. I, I don't want anybody being a, you know, being critical of my work. No, well, I'm that way. You know, from about 11 o'clock to 11.01, I hang up with you, finish, you know, feeling pretty good. We put on a pretty fun on sports show, <laughs> pretty entertaining show. And then I go over to talk to Dave afterwards, and, you know, he starts to chop it apart, and it's uh Probably a reality check, but it is discouraging. But I love David anyways. He's our outstanding and our only producer, so we have to love him. If we don't love him, we're off the air, big dog. Yeah, yeah, they're a little bit smarter at Top Zone about their, their like having the right producers yeah. and only one of them. Uh, yeah, I did. Now, speaking of discouraging, by the way, you were not here yesterday, big dog, and I know you're with me on this very, very disturbing note. On our producer, uh, David Olson. Again, our phone number. You want to check in, folks, uh, talking some football here. 888-463-6748. Bears or whatever city you're listening from. Well, opening of the uh, football training camps. Very exciting. But we found out yesterday, though. You sitting down? I'm laying down, Coach. Get the hot cup of coffee away from you. David Olson not only does not watch the Three Stooges, he has hatred and total dislike for the Three Stooges. I'm- very very disturbing. I've no, there's got to be a mix-up. There's something's got to be wrong. <laughs> it, it hates a strong word. I just don't like them. Okay. I don't. I don't. Don't think they're funny. That's wow. That's, yeah, that's very rare for a male not to like <laughs> three stooges. They're a little bit smarter than people will give them credit for. That's why. And that, normally you like that type of stuff, David. Like we're, it looks like somebody's doing something stupid, but if you really think about it, it's really smart. <laughs> I just it, it, slapstick never did it for me. Yeah, but but Joel is right. There is there is an adult level to it. I, I told yesterday I was a kid. I watched it, then I stopped watching for ten years, and I went back as a college kid to watch it, thinking it'll be all kid stuff. I will like it was funnier then than it was as a little kid. So there there's a, there is an adult level to the three students. I got, I got a final one where uh, where uh, Larry plays uh, Hitler. No, uh, Larry plays. Yeah, Rommel. Yep. Mo plays Hitler, yep. and Curly plays Benito Mussolini. A classic. That is legitimately that is the twentieth <laughs> funniest minutes in the history of television. Uh, they show the they show the European map, and they have the different names for all the countries. 
that curly right there couldn't be better. Uh, we were talking about the one where uh, Curly uh, boxed against or took the place of Bust Off in the boxing match yesterday. Anyhow, it was I. It, it threw me for a loop. The, the, the last half an hour of yesterday's show, I was taken aback, like uh, you know, taking an uppercut from a heavyweight boxer. I was staggered. I didn't fall down. I finished the show, but I was clearly disheveled. Realizing okay. my very close friend, the great producer David Olson, not a Three Stooges fan, but I'm over hey, now. Everything's you were doing cool. the show with with some young kids. Have they even watched the Three Stooges? Like, they also like disturbing. Or two? You know, uh, young Jack Washer was here yesterday. You know, he feigned interest, trying to humor me a little bit. But basically, it's another problem with the youth of America, Big Dog. Totally, uh, you know, the 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18s, total disregard for the Three Stooges. Very disturbing. Yeah, I, I had a, a cousin. He was like, Oh, no, I don't watch black and white. And Mike left the room. I'm like, what? Well, you don't watch black and white? <laughs> black and white. <laughs> I just thought it was a little bit interesting. Yeah. And then one of them played is uh, Modern Warfare. Oh. I saw the Three Stooges in color once, I think, and, and Shemp was on it. Scared the hell out of me. You don't want to see Shemp in high-definition color. No, so definitely not, not high def. Arguably, we could do a daily quandary. The ugliest... And I say that not only in the most loving way, because I'm a, I'm a big Shemp fan. But could Shemp be the ugliest uh, actor in television history? Uh, you, I thought you were going to go everywhere, and I was going to go with late basketball player Manute Bull as the ugliest person. Oh, player. that's cruel. Manute, he had a good-looking face. Nice complexion. A little curvature oh. of the nose. Oh, okay, I'll, well, I won't go with that way. But, yeah, as, a, as an actor... No, 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 you're not thinking of Manute, you know, you're thinking of Georgia Mirashan. Oh, no, 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 I was thinking of Manute Bolt. No, no, right. but... George Mir- Georgia Mirashan is uglier yes. than Manute Bolt. Yeah, so it's there you funny go. funny you did say that. And and since George Mirashan was an actor also, my giant. <laughs> That's right. I'll have to go with, you're right, right. George well, Mirashan, <laughs> ugliest player and actor in the history of the world. All right, and we try not to do this in a mean-spirited way, but in a, with, with a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek sense of humor, we'll throw it out to our listeners. We typically do it each and every day, a daily quandary uh, on TV and or sports, uh, ugliest, weirdest-looking people that you've seen. So far, our two nominations, Shemp from the Three Stooges and Georgie, is it Giorgio? Georgette. What? Georgette. Georgette. F. Georgette. All right, Georges Mirasan, who was the seven foot two inch center for I forget which seven team. foot eight, seven eight. Yes. Wow, wow. There was another guy for the Milwaukee Bucks. Help me out, Paul. Prisabilla? Huh? No, no, no. That's Joel Prisabilla. Nope, nope, nope. That's Larry Cristoliak. Paul. There was a big dude about six nine, six ten, and people used to kid him about his looks too. Not a very good looking guy. Good ball player though. We'll have David Olson look that up. His name was Paul. Played for the Bucks maybe four, five, six, seven years ago. Might even be into coaching right now. And anyhow, that's our daily quandary. You want to check in on that? Help us out. Uh, nominate somebody. You can do it at 888-463-6748. You can always email us at Mike2GuysAOL.com. M-I-C and the number two. Mike2GuysAOL.com. Anything else as we uh, open up training camp, uh, Big Dog? We kick off the football season. Any um, college, NFL kind of overall thoughts you're writing a book and this is the forward of the book what do you want to give us as a precedent to another hopefully great season uh for, for this year it's uh, who's going to play alabama in the bcs title game it's pretty much that's all we're we're looking at right now alabama looks so good coach 
if they can replace Sergio McLean at, at linebacker, that'd be good. So you know how much I love college football. So that's that's when my book would start this year. When we're talking about football. Speaking of college football, a young kid in yesterday headed to the University of Missouri talking about that opening game of the college football season, Illinois versus Missouri. I know you're a passionate Navy and Orange guy for Illinois. Uh, that particular game has not gone well for the Illini this year. Any hope we could pull off an upset? Illinois, Missouri opens the college football season. You know what, uh, Coach, uh, generally speaking, uh, especially like over the last, you know, like 25 years, Illinois wins the basketball game about 80% of the time, but every one of those games is a barn burner down to the wire. Either team can win. Well, the arch rivalry in football, the Illinois, uh, the first Illinois front line, the first game of the season gets their butts handed to them. Never even close. Every single year they get thumped. It's, it's bad. It's bad. And every year I think they have a chance. And then I'm not kidding you by the middle of the second quarter. I'm like, mm-hmm. what the heck was I thinking? So I would just want them not to get destroyed by the by the Tigers this year. Uh, How about that? And that's very discouraging. If you're a fighting Illini fan, that's opening day. I mean, typically at this time of year, everybody's pretty optimistic about their team. But you're telling me the best we can hope for is to not get destroyed by Missouri. Do you remember how we were last year? Yes. Oh, Juice is a senior. He's going to be good. We got all these running backs, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, Martez Wilson is out for the season. He did the he did the Erlacher out in the first game, and it seemed like there was every single player yeah. with that had heart and and skill on Illinois got hurt in the first game, and mm-hmm. uh, it was no no excuses. You know they got eighty five scholarships. They got to figure out how to get a guy out there that can play. But it was not a fun first game last year, and I'm just it was I was, not a fun season. I mean, no, you, not one at could all. say the same thing about uh, Lovey Smith's Bears. As you could say about Ron Zook's fighting Illini, the two teams, again, nearest and dearest to your heart, Big Doug, too many dud games. Too many, you know, it's one thing if you're 4-7 and seven and you compete and you have some good games. Illinois had a couple good games last year, but for both the Bears and Illinois the last couple of years, way too many games when they came out with big expectations, all excited, the talk during the week, and they laid a complete egg mentally and physically. Uh, Legitimately, it seemed like most of Illinois' games they were out of it in the first quarter. Yes, unprepared. You know, and it, would, it wouldn't be like they would lose fifty to nothing. They would lose a game. You know, they would lose twenty-eight seventeen. But the problem was they were down twenty-eight nothing in the first quarter. Yep. I mean, it happened over and over yep. again. That's a coaching problem. Yes, David. It's looking to be so bad for the Illini Uh-oh. that our talking Illini show <laughs> is. I'm serious. They're going to take football season off because <laughs> they don't want to deal with it. Oh, boy, I'm laughing. I Boz, you do realize how many irate Illinois, they won't come back when basketball season starts. They'll be, they'll start their own shows. That's how irate those Illinois fans will be. They'll hold it against the line I Boz. Because <laughs> they've been wanting to hold something against them, Dave. That's so, they'll just take this as the advantage. There you go. There you go. But no, they, it's like they don't want to deal with it. It's like we don't want to, we don't, we don't want to do three months of bashing Ron Zuck. And man, whining about a bad football team. Well, you talk about low expectations, but we got any Illini fans out there that like to counter that particular argument? Dial it up if that doesn't get you going. Nothing will. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Big dog. That's the ultimate in low expectations. Where your own sports talk show, based on your own team, the Fighting Illini, doesn't want to come on for like a two three month period of time because basically, as David said, they don't want to deal with it. No, no, coach. You, you, you have to admit. I'm, I, I love Illinois probably as much as I'm in the top one percent of Illinois fans. How much I love them. I know I'm not the biggest I, one. I had you at the one point five percent, but why split hairs? Okay, well, 
legitimately, I don't like, you know, I'll bash the Bears, I'll bash the Cubs. I don't like bashing the college teams as much. I totally and completely agree with what uh, I was talking to Line I are doing with this one. Because I don't want to, I really don't want to sit here and just hammer Illinois and hammer and hammer them. You know, they're going to win three games this year. They'll go three and nine. They'll be one team they're not supposed to. They'll be the one division double A team that they, that they play. And then they'll win one other game that against a bad team. It's just, it's, it's disappointing. We live in Illinois. We should, there's so many great football players, especially out here in the area that I live in, the western suburbs. Mm-hmm. Why do all these players go to Michigan and, and uh, Wisconsin and Iowa? Uh, all these guys, they, why don't they start going to Illinois? I'll, I don't I'll, I'll disagree with you a little bit. I think uh, under Ron Zook, even under some of the previous administrations, I think that's overrated a bit. Uh, I think Illinois got their share of big players. They, I, you know, I follow the high school game pretty good. They don't yes, get all do. of them. I'm not going to give them a perfect 10, but they get a lot of the better players. The problem is, Big Dog, over the last 10 years, they get these, you know, top Illinois linemen in particular. They, they get, and, and outside of a very few, it's like four years later. What happened to these guys? Where are they? And, and, and another thing is, I think Illinois, it really isn't a, a lack of, uh, evaluating talent. It's the lack of coaching them up, utilizing it. Yeah. I'm, the Pierre Thomas. Was a backup to E.B. Halsey in college, and I'm not just yep. saying this now. I was saying it back then that Pierre Thomas should be getting all the carries for Illinois, and they kept giving it to E.B. Halsey, who would run it for you know two and a half yards and get smashed by the first person that, mm-hmm. that touched him. And, and Eugene Wilson, you can keep going on and on. How many different players about, were uh, not utilized properly at Illinois? How about Aaron Morehead, who Perfect was a example. mediocre, you know, is okay college receiver, and he became a Okay, pretty good NFL receiver. Greg Lewis, yeah. the guy who made the catch with uh, the Minnesota Vikings off of Brett Favre's chuck into the end zone. Yep. He went to Illinois. People were like, no, we didn't. He never did anything there. Yeah, you're right. He was on the bench in Illinois, and somehow he makes it in the NFL. You know, Aaron Moorhead probably had 30 targets while he was at Illinois. Mm-hmm. 30 balls thrown to him at the most in four years, and he ends up in the NFL, Coach. Starting. Starting. Starting for a Super Bowl team, right? Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, well, he always started a little bit. Technically, we have to admit he's, you know, he is a backup. Okay. But he did start NFL games, so he had to been a decent college player. Yep. Yet he couldn't get out of the field. There's, there's many of these particular instances, and mm-hmm. that I think that's the most frustrating thing. All right, talk a little college football here. NFL training camps opening up again. You're a football fan, and you want to uh, get in on the football talk here. Get excited a little bit. Why not? Uh, it's opening season. Everybody is undefeated at this point. Opening of the season, I should say. Triple eight. 463-6748. Real quick, staying on the college front, I read in the paper, Big Dog, my favorite team, you go for the Illini, my favorite team, Northwestern, apparently kicking off like a multi-million dollar marketing campaign. They're really going to make an effort to boost up their ticket sales, and they are the campaign, TV, radio, posters, etc., billboards, it's going to be um, Northwestern, Chicago's Big Ten team. Now think about okay. that a second. Good or bad angle? Chicago's Big Ten team, Northwestern. You think that's a good move? Uh, this this one's really going to get you upset. If they're going to spend multi-millions of dollars yep. at Northwestern, why don't they do it on new football facilities? I'm not talking about Dyke Stadium or Ryan Field, even though that needs to be torn down. Why don't they build these guys like a new locker room or, or pra- football practice field if they're going to spend multi-millions of dollars? And then all of a sudden, 
the program would be a, a incremental, incrementally better and it'll keep on getting better. And then all of a sudden, instead of having a, a what do you call it, a, a marketing campaign, Chicago will just adopt Northwestern as their. Don't forget, whenever they're good, Chicago gets on board, don't they, Coach? Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's that's. I know you're not okay. going to like that. Yeah, you say, oh, the I, facilities I, aren't so bad. They're horrid at Northwestern. Well, the football stadium is pretty good. I, I've gone by the weight room. Uh, my son used to go to basketball camp there on a regular basis. It was always a little discouraging, David, because I'd walk through the weight room, walk by the weight room on a regular basis. Nobody would ever be in there. It's the summertime. I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking through the window. You know, do I see any players? No. The weights are collecting dust, but it's a wonderful, wonderful weight room. Their practice facility, big dog. Nothing wrong with that. The uh, facility adjacent to the basketball gym. I don't know if you've been in there or not, but to me, it looks like, you know, I'm not going to say it's top of the top, but, uh, I think they got the goods there. I think they got enough to recruit players. They just need some fans to come cheer them on. Well, then they, maybe they should quit, uh, if, they, if they're really worried about that, instead, they shouldn't have home games, three or four home games before they actually have a student on campus that they don't get there until like September 25th. So what do you expect? So they should change their academic schedules so that more kids can be there for the opening of football season? They want to, they want to sell tickets, right, Coach? That you were trying to figure out what to right. do. Big I'm saying they should not have games when there's no students there. Okay. So if you're going to open up September 25th with yep. students, I wouldn't have a game before September 20th at home. Okay. So, that I would agree with. So if you want to, you know, you, every year they, they they play Bowling Green and lose, but, yep. the, you know, they play Arizona State and win somehow. Play those games in November. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Uh, that makes sense. I don't know. It might be a scheduling situation, but uh, Northwestern is probably the latest, one of the latest of colleges to start. I think the kids get there like in mid-September. Most colleges, the kids start arriving in mid-August. So you're right. Yeah, yeah, the, I've gone to a couple of those early season games. They sell tickets for like 15 bucks. For $15, you can go watch Big Ten football. And uh, you go in the stadium the, the first week, first couple of weeks, and you're right. You, uh, It's almost like an opera. You're afraid to cl- clap too loud because they can hear you. <laughs> Just kind of sad. All right. 888-463-6748. But we all are looking for a very good bear season. Let's just... For a minute, real quick, before we take a break, time flying when you're having fun. we got to get to some baseball action, too. But if there is, let's say the optimism proves not true, Big Dog. If there's a chink in the armor for the Bears, I hate to do this to you, but let's look at both sides of it. What might be some potential problems where you and me talk in November and we say, what happened to the beloved Bear? Oh, I've already brought it up, and my biggest concern for the Chicago Bears is that the same offensive line that was really bad last year will not be corrected under uh, the, the tutelage of of uh, Mike Tice, the new offensive line coach here at Chicago Bears. They're not a lot of good players, and uh, they were beat up last year. Chris Williams, everybody's loving, and I do too. I really like the kid. But other than that, I'm not a big fan of Roberto Garza. Okay, I'm not a big fan of this offensive line coach whatsoever. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Omeyal, are you kidding me? He's supposed to be a starter, a tackle. Come on. It's a revitalized, a renewed, a commitment to excellence for new right tackle Frank Omeye. Okay, well, I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> he's going to need to be revitalized, resuscitated, and a bunch of threes, okay, that are going to have to happen to him if he's going to play it at all. What did people call him last year? Oh, my God. He had a bunch of different nicknames, but I think Oh, my God was one of them. I mean, and actually, he said the word "dark" <laughs> more than a more than one of those uh, duck hunters. You know, it was unbelievable. 
And so right. he was yelling at Jake Cutler because he just missed a block. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break. The offensive line could be the chink in the armor. Let's hope Mike Tice can shore that up. Bottom line is football is off and running. Big Doe, we got to talk about the hottest team in baseball. They sweep the Mariners. White Sox a week come back. Cubs were off yesterday. And I do have to mention, uh, you'll be discouraged along with me, the youth of America and their fitness levels almost as disturbing as David Olson's indifference to the Three Stooges. Back in a minute, TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic don't go anywhere. Lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Still looking for nominations on our daily quandaries for ugliest people ever to don the TV screen, either TV, movies, or uh, sports. So far, George's Mirasan has been nominated from the world of sports. Shemp. Of the three Stooges and the Milwaukee Bucks players beginning to bug me, Big Dog. I'm trying to get his name. Paul, I, and, it was, it was, and, and, and here's the it was visual it. I can give you. You know the guy from Eastbound and Down? Yeah, that's his, uh, Paul McKeskey. There it is, Paul McKeskey. Thank you, because I was going to give you a visual. I've had it on the screen for 20 minutes. David Olson has told me he's had it on the screen for 20 There it is. I was looking at the wrong spot. Yeah, I, I, that's why I kept pointing at the computer. <laughs> I've had up there for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's nice to know me and Dave work. What has it been, eight months, Dave? Eight long months, Coach. Oh, goodness. We're like a married couple. We should go on the – they should do like a <laughs> talk show host, radio producer version of the Newlywed Game and see how well you know each other. I think we'd lose with uh, tremendous astonishment. Absolutely. <laughs> Paul McKeskey, thank you very much. we got to nominate him. Am I right, Big Dunk? Uh, as an athlete, yes, coach, I would definitely yeah. have to put him in there. How about, Tyrone Hill? Who? Tyrone Hill, that is one ugly, ugly man. How about, go ahead, Dan. Uh, Steve Buscemi. That's who I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah, he's got a new HBO series yeah. coming on. Great actor, though. I love him. He, he's an amazing actor. Great actor. He's an amazing actor. Steve Buscemi and Con Air? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or awesome. he used to say, yeah, serial killer? Yeah. 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 And, uh, oh, yeah. Okay, so we got yeah, Steve. I can imagine him playing a good serial killer. Oh, he 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 played it very well. Another one of my favorite movies, by the way. Top ten, slightly underrated. Con Air. All right, Con Air is one of your top ten. ten? Uh, that might be a little bit much, a little bit much. But I but I thought it was very very good. I'm, I'm a big Nicolas Cage fan. That's probably my favorite of the Nicolas Cage movies. Uh all right. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Dog. Before we get to baseball, real quick, I went down to Chicago yesterday. Beautiful, beautiful city day, by the way. And can I just say, dog, and I think you can reconfirm. Because you get down there more often than me. Summer 
in the city of Chicago? I don't. I haven't been to every city in the summer, uh, so I can't, you know, make a full judgment. But what a gorgeous city come summertime, Coach. I couldn't agree with you more. And I know I'm biased on this subject, but I absolutely love being in the city during the summertime. There's mm-hmm. so many beautiful things to see in, in yeah. so many different ways. I I mean that in, in the in the <laughs> In every single good possible way that a man can say that, I mean it, Coach. Baseball games, yep. the ladies, the skyline. Went to, uh, after the run, we went down to North Avenue Beach and uh, had some food up there, walked around the beach, my 14-year-old son, discovering exactly what you're talking about. And already he's he's figured out exactly where he wants to live after his college years. I don't have him at all, Coach. Lincoln Park? Yep. I think well, he, he discovered uh, the beauty of the Lincoln Park area. There, there, there's plenty of beauty in that particular it's, area, Coach. All I can say is it's good to be young and single, Big Gong. I felt very old yesterday. But anyhow, uh, so we went to a 5K run down there at Diversity Harbor, okay? Run okay. for Gus, and there was a couple of hundred runners. Um, but before that, and I can't run anymore because of my heels, so I volunteered, my son was going to run, volunteered to be a marshal for the, for the run. But before that, they had a kid's run. Okay. okay. I'd say 13 and under, maybe 12 and under. Most of the kids were like 9, 10, 11, and 12. This is very disturbing. The run was not a one-mile run. It was not a walk. It was a 400-meter run, basically down the sidewalk at Diversity Harvey. They had marked it off 200 yards down, Big Dog. Mm-hmm. An orange cone, our job was to make sure the kids didn't kill each other, circling around the orange cone, and send them back to the starting line. Okay. 400 yards. Okay, I was at the halfway point of the orange cone. I'm telling you, Big Doe, these kids, 400 yards again, not a mile, not two miles. At the halfway point, these kids were sucking air. They're dying. A couple of them were like, oh, I can't do this. They're like, And these are not overweight kids. We hear about... Daddy, fat, 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 daddy, fat, fat. <laughs> you know, you hear about the overweight youth of America. That's a problem, too. But most of these kids, Big Doe, were not overweight. Am, am I exaggerating at the fact that they struggled so much to pull off a 400-yard run? You know, that is uh, – you see, you are into the fitness, Coach, and so I am. That's, it's not surprising. It's uh, not? I remember kids like, well, we have to do the 600-yard presiden- presidential fitness test. Yeah. Everybody would complain about that. So 400 yards I can still see, you know, as being almost as bad for those Really? Kids. It's one lap around a football yeah, field. Yeah, that's basically. what I'm saying. It's, 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 it's sad, Coach. It, I, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't. I, oh, it, man. And, and again, I don't even know what happened back at the at the finish line. Some of the kids would probably drop it. I was only at the halfway mark. And these kids are like, you know, everybody else, all the parents are like, hey, come on, let's go, let's go. I'm like, come on, get going. Suck it up a little bit, toughen it up, and start running. It was pitiful. <laughs> very, very discouraging. 200 yards into it, these kids can't even go. All right. Uh, baseball. Talk to White Sox, Big Dog, an amazing story. Uh, right now, they are playing absolutely phenomenal baseball. Do you know, Coach, over their last 43 games, they're outscoring their opponents by an average of three runs a ball game. So not just winning, but dominating. They're absolutely destroying people. And, and you know what? They're winning games all different types of ways. They actually, you know, they blew them out the other day. Uh, Two nights ago, they came back being down 5-1, you know, so it's, and then winning the way they did last night. I mean, this team, it seems like every time something bad happens, like in Minnesota, when Bobby Jenks had the blow-ups, you're like, uh-oh, is this, are they finally not going to be hot anymore? They've come back down to earth. They've played even better since then. Mm-hmm. 
So this I, team is showing you all different types of signs of how to win. Did not see this coming. I thought, you know, after the first bad month and a half, I don't know if it was two months, whatever it was, they started off for a fairly long period of time playing bad. I thought they could play better, but no way did I see this kind of streak dominating, as you said. Dominating streak coming. Completely surprised me. I'm going to assume you as well. Oh, it did. I you I, I knew they described it perfectly. I knew they could play better. You know, I mm-hmm. thought they would, and I, and I definitely thought they were going to contend in the Central. But the run that they've gone on, they've been by far the best team in baseball this this past quarter of the season. It's it's, yep. it's, it's remarkable, coach. That's just two three weeks and in contributions uh-huh. from the young, from the old, everybody in between. Yesterday, Gordon Beckham two more hits. He appears to have found his stroke. Omar Vizcayel has found the fountain of youth. Let's hope uh, everything's legal and he hasn't found any other. Activities, but let's hope it's legit. I'm sure it is. They need with Omar. to give him the day off more often too to make sure he's, he's yeah. primed on the down the second half of the season. Coach. But it's amazing they, they really he, he's fielding in a new spot. Three hits yesterday, big dog. He's been amazing. Alexi Ramirez, uh, uh, potential for so many years. It looks like he's realized that potential. Paul Canerco having a phenomenal season. I mean, you talk about all the pieces fitting into place. That's what's happening right now for the Pale Hose. You know, um, Steve Stone has watched a lot of baseball. And I, I really, really love Steve Stone. He said that the the, the defense that Alexei yep. Ramirez is playing right now over the last month is the best he has ever seen a shortstop play in his life. Wow. wow. I mean, he's seen Vizquel. He's seen Ozzy Smith. He's seen Don Kessinger. He's seen Paul Belanger. Mm-hmm. He's seen them all, Coach. So, Mark Belanger. Well, I say I was thinking Paul Blair for some yeah. reason. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's unbelievable, coach. That he would, I mean, I know he's playing great, but I thought that was a bold statement to say something like that. Yeah, especially from Stone. Mm-hmm. Eighteen and one at home since June ninth. Yeah, eighteen and one. Eighteen out of their last nineteen, eleven in a row. I mean, that is that is dominating. And, and Alexi Ramirez, big dog, not to uh, stretch out. You know, most of my predictions, I think uh, statistical analysis will tell you about eighty-two percent of them wrong. Wrong. But Alexi Ramirez is one guy, you know, I've been trying to tell people for the last couple of years, we have a special shortstop here in Chicago. Nobody's paying attention to him. I didn't say he was the best, but he's one of the most exciting players to watch, and now he's becoming uh, one of the best shortstops. He has realized that potential. And all you have to do is just keep him down in Cuba every year, fly him up around June 1st, have him work out for a couple of weeks, put him in the lineup June 15th, and the guy would hit 350 every year. Mm-hmm. I don't know, for the first two months of the season, the guy can't hit a lick. He's a, he is definitely a slow starter and a second-half player, but I'd rather have a slow starter, second-half player than the opposite coach. He made a play. He's better at the end of the season. You know, clearly, clearly, I agree with you. He made a play, was it two days ago? Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. I mean, going into the hole and squaring his shoulders up yeah. and firing it basically if, from the foul line. I mean, if you're the one you're talking about, yeah. If you're in, you know, a normal average baseball fan, you could watch that, or a slightly less than average, and watch it, and you'd go wow. But if you follow the game of baseball, big dog, like the two of us do for the real sports fan, you watch that play. It it's was an unbelievable. Un- it's an unbelievable play to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, going deep, deep into the hole. Now, you, I think, exaggerated a little, but he wasn't quite near the foul line, but way deep in the hole. And I don't know if he ever did square his shoulders. He just fired off. He didn't have time. He fired off his back foot with his momentum going towards the foul line. And he got it there on a fly. And he got it there with some juice. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. One of the best plays I've ever seen from a shortstop. 
Where, where does the the guy's 150 pounds? His arms look like broomsticks. Where does he get that power? Break it down for me, Big Dog. How to? Is it technique? Is it's got to be the torque. I mean, he just seems to like on his swing and everything. He just the guy's explosive. I know he's wiry, but he's got pop okay. in his bat. He's got pop in his arm. Okay. Maybe it's, it's his nose because his nose is gigantic. He probably gets a lot more oxygen in his lungs than most other athletes do. <laughs> You're talking fast twitch muscle fibers. That's what you're talking mm-hmm. about, without mm-hmm. getting too technical. By the way, I without mean, getting too personal, how are your fast twitch muscle fibers of late? I, I got them, Coach. Okay. See, I would have looked good on that 400-meter run. Anything more than, like, 600 is where I start falling off the table. But okay. anything short and explosive, Okay. if you want to, like, run up a stair, a mm-hmm. staircase, I would blow you away. Of course, if okay. you had a good heel, I would be eating your dust after about a mile run. Yeah. Well, you would me. <laughs> You and me would be on opposite ends of that because I have no explosiveness, but the cardiovascular system is still pretty good, Big Doug. So in an elongated run, I think I could probably pass you up somewhere about the 800-yard mark. You see, I was, uh, you know, I could dunk, Coach, back in the – I don't think I can anymore. I can probably still run up and grab the rim, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I was – I was like, I could dunk back yeah. in the day. So I was always an explosive could, guy, but, you know what I mean? I could handle running 60 sprints, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I couldn't run – like right. six miles, that would be impossible. For me, so. the longer the run, the better chance I had of winning. And I think I, when I jumped, and I'm six two, I could barely touch the bottom of the net. But I was yeah, but able. That was Mr. Afro, though. <laughs> Take it easy. All right, eight 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 four We're talking a little baseball, folks. So if you want to check in, White Sox, Cubs fans, any uh, baseball city you're listening to this fine show from. Feel free to give us a call, Big Dog and the Coach, 888-463-6748. Hottest team in baseball right here in the fine city of Chicago. They win yesterday 9-4. to They sweep Seattle four straight take on, uh, what do we got, the Oakland A's coming to town, dog? Is that who's coming to town? I'm, I'm, pretty, pretty good ball club, Oakland. I think that'll be a good series at uh, U.S. Cellular Field. The crowds, by the way, uh, they've had a couple of sellouts, so the people have discovered the Chicago White Sox. You know, the, the White Sox fans come when they're good. Yep. Let, let's face it, it's a it's a good park to go to, and I know people say it's hard to get to. It's 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 easy to get to for me, mm-hmm. even though I'm in Aurora. But I think it's an easy park to get to. It, I think it's one of those underrated things in the city of Chicago is U.S. Cellular Field, and that, that's coming from a diehard Cub fan. Mm-hmm. I love going there. Yep, used to get a lot of critique. I don't hear it as much, but uh, I would agree with you. Very underrated. Ballpark and usually plenty of good seats available. Let's talk the trade deadline real quick as it directly relates to the Chicago White Sox. Uh, uh, yesterday, Roy Oswalt goes to the Philadelphia Phillies, so the Phillies pick up a quality starter, McGuire Tejada to San Diego. Matt Caps, interesting pickup for the Minnesota Twins. They get the fine closer from the Nationals, Jorge Cantu, goes to the Texas Rangers. Cantu, Cantu. The White Sox have picked up no one, Big Dog. Uh, do they need to, or do you think Stan Pat? If the White Sox don't have to give up too much for somebody, heck yeah, add somebody if they can, but there's there's no reason for them to, you know, make some moves to, to counter anybody else. Matt Caps going to the Twins makes them a lot better because John Roush was starting to get exposed as a guy who shouldn't be your closer yep. anymore. Um, Miguel Tejada going to San Diego, come on. The guy's having an absolutely horrible season. That's a horrible offense. That isn't going to help at all, and I know they don't have any money to spend, but that's just a bad, bad, bad pickup. He's not going to help you whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And Roy Oswald going to the Phillies? Wow. That's Roy Oswald and Roy Halliday right in the same rotation. 
with Cole Hamels, all of a sudden they're the favorite in the in the National League already. Mm-hmm. They are. They're the favorite again in the National they're League. They're only uh, two back of uh, Atlanta. The Braves starting to slip a little bit. Philadelphia finally, finally. It took them a long time, but finally starting to play like the championship team everybody thought they would be. I think they've got eight consecutive wins after winning yesterday, Big Dog. Well, they're going to get um, Chase Utley back, hopefully, for them, you know, within yeah. the next three, four weeks. And J- Jimmy Rollins? Jimmy, well, he's been, you know, back and forth. He, he he's, hasn't been totally healthy this year. And if he can get healthy with Chase Utley, all of a sudden they're a really good team. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, White Sox, in your opinion, it's not a must that they make a trade. You almost hate to make a trade when your team is going this well. But it's, it's a tough call for Kenny Williams. But the bottom line is if the right guy's there for, without giving up anyone, any superstar, you think it would be a good move for the Sox. Absolutely, especially if they can add like a a, a, le- a left-handed starter mm-hmm. that you can move into the bullpen come the playoff time. Cool. Like a fifth a starter, a fourth or fifth starter, like a Ted Lilly, I think that would be a really good move for the Chicago White Sox. Very disappointed that they did not get. They lost him to the Texas Rangers, but I'm a big Jorge Cantu fan. That's why I asked you if Cantu, Cantu. By the way, Jorge Cantu is the streakiest player in baseball right now. Mm-hmm. So either the Rangers are going to get somebody that they've wasted uh, some prospects on or they've just made the best deal that they've ever made in the history of their particular franchise because that when that guy gets hot, you saw it earlier this year like when he started the season out with a hit and an RBI in like eight consecutive games. I mean, he, he'll do that stuff, Coach. He'll go like on a, like a three- or four-week stretch where he's the best hitter in the game of baseball, and I'm not mm-hmm. kidding. And then he'll go another you know month where he's yeah. got like – Four RBIs in 20 games. So. If he's on one of those good stretches, the Texas Ranger lineup goes from it's already superior, and it would go to dominant if he's hitting like that because they they might have, along with the Phillies, top to bottom starting lineup only. You know, batters one through eight. Uh, them and the Phillies, would you say the most complete lineups in baseball, Big Dog? Um, I would definitely say that the Yankees uh, could be in there. The Phillies, with all their injuries this year, it's been difficult yeah, for them when, to get their whole entire team out there when they're healthy. Yeah. Yes, uh, but if you look at the Rangers, oh my, oh my goodness, coach. I mean, that lineup, there is no break in the lineup. Nelson Cruz, Vladimir Guerrero, when your nickname is the Impaler, that's, that's a good thing. And when, and when those two guys who would be the cleanup hitter and best hitter on about 25 teams in baseball aren't the best hitter on the team and it's Josh Hamilton, oh yeah, and by the way, Ian Kinsler and Michael Young bat ahead of those guys. Wow. Who are about as good of a one-two punch. Wow. Julio Barbone, Elvis Andrus. I mean, that lineup is great. And the and the Yankees have a great lineup, too. You can't doubt them. You can't forget them. Their lineup, mm-hmm. it's obviously got to be pretty good. It's about There's about $4 billion worth of contracts in that lineup. So. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we'll see what the uh, weekend brings us, see if the uh, uh, Cubs can turn it around a little bit. They certainly need to. We'll see if the amazing White Sox can keep it going. Big Dog, we got to... Ramp it up here, my friend. Unfortunately, uh, now by the way, next week I will be gone all week, so you will be hosting along with a variety, a variety of uh, youngsters. So I'm hoping you're going to be on your game. But we got the Brady Stiff coming in. Who else do we got coming in? We got the young Matt. Help me out, Duffy. Thank you, young Matt Duffy. I think we got Adam Hogue coming in for a day. We got Justin Weiner. So I'm putting the trust of the show in your veteran hands as you. Take care of as best you can. Young radio pros will be filling my seat. Well, Coach, I, I will do my best, I promise you. If something tells me David Olson will have those boys on lockdown. <laughs> 
Either that or David Olson will let the kids run wild. That can happen, too. Actually, David's going to be off one of the days, too. So one of the days, it'll be assistant producer Randy Myers, the kindergarten cop, if you will. He'll be taking over the show along with our producers. So should be a lot of fun next week. I will be back uh, a week from Monday. And a uh, big note for the people that want to track you down this weekend. Uh, will you be at the Blackhawks convention, or will you be continuing your uh, studies of the Chicago Bear physicals? Uh, basically, that's I will be breaking down tape, Coach. I want to see what... Uh... Where Berto Garza looks like in tight. <laughs> You're not going to make it down to the uh, Grand Ballroom at the Hilton for the always exciting Hawk Convention? I have never been to any convention oh. of any kind in what? this particular city. Yeah, but so you're, maybe... you're, you're a radio professional now. I guess I'm a killjoy then. A chance to meet uh, from 11 to 11.15, Whitey Stapleton signing old hockey pucks. Oh, Whitey. He's yeah. going to be there. That's nice. Yeah. Saturday, I think from uh, 2 till 2.30, Eric Nestorinko. We'll take a picture with you and your significant other. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> By the way, another candidate possibly for the, one of the ugliest players ever, Eric Nestorinko. Yeah, right. you got to assume there had to been a hockey player on that list, and we just didn't get there. Yeah, probably more than a couple. Uh, and Antony Niemi, the uh, Black Hawk goalie, when we uh, reconvene on Monday, uh, Big Dog, is he the Hawk goalie, or do we move on? So what will happen is he'll win his arbitration case, which means that the Hawks will have to release him. So, so he by will winning, he'll be a loser. Okay, so basically half of our team from last year are pretty much gone. Yes, and, and don't blame the Wirtz family. Blame the hockey collective bargaining okay. agreement people. All right, very good. Big Dog, have a great weekend, and I have some great shows next week, okay? You too, Coach. Ah, right, Big Dog. Better have a home. great weekend, everybody. We much appreciate your listening to the TalkZone.com and two guys that are Mike David Olson. Phenomenal job, as per always. Signing off, we'll see you a week. From Monday, don't forget to tune in Monday at 10 o'clock. The Young Kids will be taking over. TalkZone.com. Have a great weekend.